size of the dog But how hard you can bite it You will survive Or maybe not When you're in the dark zone You gotta give it everything you have Dog Zone 9000, the official podcast of the final website, 1900hotdog.com. Our brilliant writers are funded entirely through subscriptions. That means you can help so easy by going to patreon.com slash 1900hotdog. We really are a beautiful oasis of creativity and hilarity in the war zone of a rotting internet. Speaking of the internet, I'm TV's Sean Baby, and my co-host received an honorary doctorate in hunk from the University of Dick Basket, Dr. Robert Brockway, PH Hunk. They won't let me do exams, though, with that. They say they say it's not good. It's not technically a medical degree. Uh, That's I, just I FDA you, shit. You let a hunk examine you when a hunk yeah, wants you to Yeah, you let a hunk you. touch you wherever the hunk asks. That's that's hunk law. It's hunk law. <laughs> coming coming this fall to CBS. Uh, I'm Robert Brockway. Here's a Brockway fact. I fucked Batman. No follow-up <laughs> questions. <laughs> Our guest today is a, a filmmaker, a comedy writer, multi-hyphenate delight and they are here to promote their new book it's our dear friend michael swaim holy battering butthole brockway what an intro (laughs) yay yay i'm so sorry Uh, i didn't realize you were going by they them i probably have fucked that up no no i'm not he just did that i'm a he i saw you i saw you tweet about i i I saw you're getting like maybe a little more fluid with pronouns oh i like to uh, play it safe that's true that was both true and a joke, you know, in the context of the column, I was using it to contrast with saying I'm a simple man comedically, but it is true. It does happen right. to be true. My partner's they, them. I am. I consider mm-hmm. myself queer, but I'm still he. This is not what the podcast is about. Thank you for having me. Podcast. <laughs> well, the podcast, podcast is going to go places. <laughs> we don't know that. It's me. Famously toxic dude talking pronouns. You know, you can't say shit anymore, guys. Uh, That's the voice. That's the voice he does. Uh, so your new book, uh, let's, yes. let's plug it. Let's t- oh, it's time. Okay, thank you so much. So I'm going to take just a little bit of time to plug my book, The Climb. And uh, it's my debut novel. Robert's read it. And it's fantastic. Thank you, sir. It's a memoir of sorts because it deals, frankly, with... Uh, my alcoholism struggles with mental health, but also it's quite hilarious and it's also a sci-fi fantasy epic. So there's magic <laughs> and robots. So it's not exactly a memoir. Am I describing it right, Brockway? It's kind of hard to describe. Are and you I, describing it right? But yeah. I think maybe people won't believe you. They'll be like, oh, it can't be all of those things. It really mm-hmm. is all of those things. It's very like in the Vonnegut genre of just really playing with format and bouncing all over the place, but it's very cohesive it's, and it holds together. And it's, you loved Ready Player One. That's right. You, you will, will hate this. High praise indeed. No, I'll take the Vonnegut comparison first. So if you're interested in checking it out, it's over at patreon.com slash smallbean slash shop. And if you check out the thing there that's called demo, you can read the first 50 pages for free. If you get hooked, it's right there. Might be right. the best awesome. book I've read all year and the year is almost over. So that's a good one. Wow. That one means Thank something. You, if I say Thank that shit you. in January, it's meaningless. Right. It means nothing. <laughs> High praise. Fantastic. Um, today we are talking about books. Um, uh, uh, in particular, very erotic book. Before we start, I want uh, 
Swain Brockway, I want you guys to open a browser and look up Boy Wonder, My Life in Tights. And just to see like what this book costs on uh, any bookseller, just wherever it comes up on the internet shop, see how, it, see what the market, where the market puts it. Uh, from forty dollars to a hundred and five dollars. Yeah, I have okay. 80, 80 to one hundred and five. Okay, so so it's a very rare book. It is a uh, very valuable book. That's the budget of our podcast today because I. <laughs> Tagged the fuck Ooh, out of my book. The caviar really, is coming out. Yeah, the caviar in that green room. Uh, so this is the 1995 Burt Ward uh, tell-all, the sexual memoirs. Uh, Burt Ward, he played Robin on the 1966 uh, Batman TV show. Most people know this. Uh, he did not play much else. And so for 30 years, he basically told and retold these stories, whether they're true or not, and refined them down. Uh, he worked with Stanley Ralph Ross, who he met on the Batman TV show, to um, make what I would say is the most erotic sexual memoir book of all time uh, in 1995. Uh, let me just read the disclaimer. It's both very serious, but also a little silly. No one under 18 should be allowed to read this publication. No one should turn these pages who is unaccustomed to written materials depicting sexuality, sexist views, and uncensored reality. Uh, they did not have quotes around reality, but I want everyone listening to know that I'm putting heavy quotes mm -hmm. around reality. Uh, then it says, warning, R-rated. Don't read this book if you are sexually conservative or erotically deprived. So this is a very serious uh, disclaimer that he thinks is very silly. Um, take it however you want, but this is definitely a hot dog's hot dog nights episode really nailing down his demographic of like, don't be sexually <laughs> conservative, but do be sexist. Yeah, yes. that was the that's almost like the dated equivalent of your trigger warning or triggered much is yes, I'm gonna be yeah. sexist. I love that man. It's funny yeah. because when a guy says I'm not racist, you know he's racist. And when a guy mm -hmm. says I am racist, you know he's racist. It works both <laughs> ways. <laughs> I think it works here too. Yeah. I think um uh let's see. It starts off kind of like an ordinary memoir. He talks about like how hot the actresses were on the show and how he got to talk to all of them. Uh, he talks about some difficult shots. Uh, like there's one that he's told many times about a, a drunk prop master who broke union rules and exploded three sticks of dynamite right next to him. And it like really fucked him up. Like it dropped a two by four in his head while he was tied to a table. Oh, is this, uh, uh, he, is this Gary Busey rules? Was he normal <laughs> before this? It's, holy shit. You might be right. I think we found the origin story of this version of Burt Ward. He blew up the erotic uh, center of his brain. <laughs> he was fucking against the palm tree and a coconut hit him in the head. <laughs> All we need to do is hit Burt Ward in the head with a shovel and he'll get back to normal. Mm. Uh, he also got lit on fire by pyrotechnics once. I have an sure. excerpt here. I want to. I want to read this, uh, just to kind of like get, get something out of the way that it's not like, just to, to give your boners a rest. I don't want to have everyone just be fully erotically charged the whole show. All right, I'll put it away. Um, thank you. So, uh, here we go. Ow! I winced as something hot struck and stung the inside of my right forearm. My skin sizzled. I didn't dare move my arm lest I ruin the shot. Then my left forearm started to sting badly, though not nearly as much as the right one. So this is him, like, just helping you understand where on his body he was hurting. It's it's good writing. I just, well, and he's used the word lest, so you know it's good writing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I don't know how much he wrote versus his ghostwriter, uh, Stanley Ralph Ross. Mm. Uh, there, later in the book, you'll find them contradict each other a little. I So um, I think this is Stanley. 
generally, uh, Bert only seems to come in when he's like correcting something to make him look cooler. So if he says like, oh, it stung. And then if there's a parenthetical statement that says, oh, it didn't sting that bad. I'm super tough. That was Bert. Every time uh, it says parentheses 10 inches, that's Bert. Shots hurt <laughs> yes. me really, really badly because of my thick muscles. That's Bert. <laughs> uh, let me skip this paragraph because it's just him saying, bam, kapow, biff, boom, bam. Stop already. Stop. The explosions kept on coming and coming. So he speaks entirely in Batman. Get mm. used to that. Uh, oh no, something began to burn through my green polyester bat trunks. Eee! Holy scorched scrotum! This was more than I could stand, and I decided to get out of there fast. Is that the so, whole, is, uh, that the, is that really the whole book in that voice? Uh, yes. Oh like, when he does the holy blank blank, uh, it's all caps, bold. Um, wow. So. Oh, that's insufferable that's, already. I've, I've yeah. heard uh, 20 words. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm over it. One was lest and one was scrotum. I'm done here. <laughs> Podcast over. Lest my scrotum wither. Uh, okay, I'm, I, I want to calibrate his sexuality now. Like, how sexily does he see the world? So, I guess what I'm saying is, like, if he kisses a girl on the hand, might he refer to that as a rampage of sexual conquest? <laughs> Probably. And I think I can prove it. So here's how he describes the Batusi. Are you familiar with the Batusi? Of course. It's, uh, it's the dance. Okay, they do. Good. The little the bat dance, dance. Of course. The famously memed Batman Batusi. So this is Robin uh, describing that. In the What a Way to Go Go disco bar, Batman meets Molly and she invites him to dance. On the dance floor, Jill's ample breasts struggle to stay in her low cut sequin dress. A young crime fighter shouldn't be exposed to such sexiness. He was uh, 20 years old when they filmed this, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Bat- <laughs> and then just Bat- going through puberty. Yes, yeah, right there, on that dance floor. My scrotum brushed against the ground <laughs> as my tiny, live 20-year-old frame. Yeah, <laughs> A fully grown married man. Uh, Batman does the Batusi less than 15 seconds airtime and creates a furor worldwide. Millions of girls fall in love with Batman. Oh, begin yeah. Getting, it was like Michael yeah. Jackson introducing the moonwalk, dude. It's all we care <laughs> you, about. You all remember when he like moved his fingers across his eyes? Everybody was doing that. Uh, begin getting Batman-style haircuts and dancing the Batusi. I don't know what that means. Little baggier haircuts? Yeah. They, they cut, they, they hairspray up the edges like a little... Like little like years. Wolves. Like Wolverine. Like Wolverine. <laughs> Maybe that's what Wolverine was trying to do. It was really just a Batman haircut and yep. nobody got the reference. It's he was homage. just trying to impress his girlfriend. Uh, an interesting piece of trivia is the origin of the Batusi. Adam gets credit for creating the dance, and I can vouch for that. Immediately after filming his suggestive cavorting, Adam rushed to tell me the inside scoop. Last night, I was humping a nubile young maiden, and I had a vision of the Batusi's movements. It's sort of a horizontal mambo. I listened and shivered. It was then that I realized this cowled crusader really did have a secret identity. Adam elaborated ad infinitum and ad nauseum about all the sexual symbolism and double meanings that he had secretly injected into the dance. At 21, I didn't catch half of them. He prided himself that no one caught on to what he was doing, and with any luck, it would slip past the censors. Look closely at his motions, and you can see his symbolism and interpret it for yourself. For example, as he approaches Molly on the dance floor, he begins a series of hilarious frontal bumps, tantalizing her. I wonder if he did those same bumps and grinds the night before to tantalize his date. So uh, let me pause here and like just like 
get a feel for the room. How um how hot Whoa, is this to you fellas? What a bizarre tone. I don't think I've ever encountered <laughs> this. With boom bomb, lest we ever find ad infinitum, my dick was in there, man. Like it's every tone at once. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so much. Are you and I don't think he's legally allowed like it's not true. So I think it's libel that he says Adam West talks like that. Like as I was <laughs> the, as I was pleasuring a nubile maiden a like a nubile young maiden. Also, that, the idea that will, that I'll can, see you in court, sir. The idea that he can embed that much meaning in a dance like a bee or something is incredible so, to me yeah. that there's so a code. <laughs> like a bee signaling how to fuck. I found fucking over here. Everyone follow me. Uh, is there any dance symbolism besides just humping the air? What else could he possibly be doing but humping the air, I'm, right? That's the I'm so symbol. glad you asked. I'm so oh my glad God, you it goes asked on. because I will continue. <laughs> he goes on like this. Then he raises his hands in a weaving snake-like motion on either side of his cowl to indicate his removal of his mask. His hands recoil and snake up and down, simulating the removal of his clothes and, as he loves to say, his growing serpent. He then raises his cape, Dracula style, to enfold it around her and draw her to him. This is a control move to show how he overpowers her, how her defenses and her will to resist him crumble in realization of the unavoidable taking of her body and how she inevitably succumbs to the massive thrust of his will. Finally, he throws his head back and forth, rapidly indicating a climactic sexual moment where he is on his back and she is riding Bronco on his saddle's horn. I do have to give Adam an A for imagination. So in 1995, uh, Adam West was still alive. He was. So he made an enemy. He made an enemy this day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, generally, uh, when they interview Burt Ward, which doesn't happen a ton around this time, uh, he would sell stories like this. And then they would interview Adam West to get his take. And it was always like sort of a silly dismissal. Like he seems to think it's ridiculous, but loves the idea of people thinking of him as a sexual dynamo. Uh, yeah. So. So he has contradicted a lot of these stories, but in that wink, wink, I'll let you decide. Um, the only way I would believe Adam West said any of this to Burt Ward is if right before that he said to a stagehand, check this out, I'm going to ruin this dipshit's life. <laughs> or bring me that pile of cocaine. Either way. Right. I am... Um, I'm going to keep going because I, I think this section really is good to just get us a, give us a sense of, of Burt Ward in general. Also, he's, he is, shakes his head back and forth and it's not pussy eating is a hugely missed opportunity. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. I'm just reminded of when I was on here and we did cover a thing called Bat Pussy. Yeah, we've seen Bat Pussy. Yeah, We're exactly. experts in this. He could learn a Perhaps thing Perhaps the world's only. Pussy. Well, Sorry, in B, ahead. it's really lewd. Like if you're speaking <laughs> honeybee, like that, that head wiggle is just yeah. fucking... It's almost gross. Um, it's like the word moist in B, I guess. <laughs> the truth is stranger than fiction, and this is the truth. Adam has the unique ability to penetrate an audience's thoughts on a subconscious level. It's a fact that in less than 15 seconds of symbolic dancing with a powerful subliminal message, even seen through the squeezed electronic medium of a cathode tube, millions of women and even men were affected around the world. His performance played subtle tricks on the unsuspecting minds of an unsuspecting audience then and all through the series. The Batusi became a giant hit that no one would have ever expected. And I was amazed to see photos of all those Batman-style hairdos that women began wearing. So, yeah, It's the women that have the Batman yeah. hairdos. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know what he means by that. 
Right. Um, does he mean like that little like parted short hair that Adam West had? Yeah. Does he mean like Bruce Wayne hair, which is like yeah. businessman black hair combed back very severely? Because that would be <laughs> like amazing. He's taking credit. Adam, that, Adam West did that. Adam West started that. <laughs> <laughs> with his with his gyrations, they interpreted his gyrations. They fed them to a hairdresser, and she output that haircut, and everybody had it. All women with a Katie Lang haircut. Thank you, Adam West. <laughs> Specifically, his dancing. Uh, you know what? I think it's time to move on to the next section. Um, sure. He does blame Adam West on the sexual apocalypse that his life became. Um. This chapter is called Beyond Decadence, clasping the hand of a susceptible young conquest. That's in parentheses. Would you like to touch my bat? Lecherously asks Adam West, dressed as Batman as he swells his chest with its bat insignia. Pretending the surprised young woman has accepted his request, he adds with a feigned pleasure, Ugh! Hmm. I've got steam coming out of the corners of my mask, pants Bert Ward, dressed as Robin, anxious to participate. Oh, my dear, deeply groans the cowled carouser in the blue cape as he draws her young hand to his bat trunks. I'm beginning to feel strange stirrings in my utility belt. How do you feel? Um, that's all in italics. I think that's quoting something. All of uh, so I think I that's vaguely, a lie. <laughs> that's that's have, how he signifies lies. I vaguely knew that this book existed or that Burt Ward claimed to be a sexual dynamo and that it, mm -hmm. he blamed it as a, like a child actor. I thought he was like 17 or 15 or something. The fact no. that he's 20 changes this radically for me in a, yeah. in a very well, he says 21. Way. I was 21. I was off. He's actually 21. And so, uh, he had been married for a, a little while. He'd been but married. still a virgin. Still clearly a virgin. Completely acts like he doesn't know what sex <laughs> is. is the strongest all. virgin yeah. energy yeah. outside of just like a slash fiction board. Actually, the yeah. writing belongs to that too. I mean, Batman invented slash fiction right here, right here. And <laughs> there this, you go. With his dancing. Incredible. Uh, after that long quote, um, it says, um, okay, this is going to get very erotic. The pantyhose python was poised to strike. While his junior partner watched and learned, like Dracula casting his spell upon beautiful young women to make them swoon helplessly, the senior member of the dynamic duo was in the final stages of preparing his evening meal. With strong eye contact, a seductive smile, and, arm and an armada of suggestive double-meaning comments, the young woman's will wavered. She was mentally numb and ready for the taking. It happened so fast that she never knew what hit her and never had a chance to resist. It was always that way. The awesome power of this predator was unstoppable. Time after time after time, the beast engorged himself at will. No woman was safe, married or not. My crime-fighting partner was a consummate expert and my educator. His tutelage helped to contribute to my first divorce and to my becoming an insatiable creature who hungered for female bodies. By day, we were human and relatively harmless. By night, we became sexual vampires. <laughs> I am sex more. I need four virgin women. I drink sex to live. Incredible. <laughs> he, yeah, there's, I know he's going for like a motif with his language here, but it just makes me think that Adam West was swallowing these women whole, like unhinging his jaw and just horking down women. A, yeah, as a beast, some sort of ancient beast, some Dracula hypnosis beast. Well, uh, first it's funny all, you mentioned that. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, well, there was a section here where he says, 
Uh, there was a chemistry between Adam and me that ignited two sane men into a pair of wild animals. What resulted was a feeding frenzy of a couple hungry sharks in a world of unlimited halibut. Let me amend that. In Adam's case, it was more like the feeding frenzy of a killer whale in a world of plankton. And, um... Adam West, who immediately introduced me to the wildest sexual debauchery you could imagine. Within a few months, my marriage had dissolved, and Adam and I were like two hungry sharks in a world of unlimited halibut. Actually, I think Adam was more like a killer whale in a world of plankton. <laughs> the sexiest <laughs> word, halibut. These Is women a killer whale a step up in killing power from a shark? I don't even also know that plankton? it is. Also, you yeah, halibut. I mean, I don't mean to be uncouth, but there is some historical fish and vagina connection. But plankton? Mm. There's nothing for plankton. Plankton is sexy not- uh, fish. I feel like uh, most people know this, but killer whales don't even eat plankton. They yep. have fucking teeth. Oh, right. They, they, they don't fish. have baleen. Yeah, they, yeah actually, they actually kill stuff. Yeah. Halibut so is a, like, halibut's an ugly, that's a two out of ten fish. Like, you can pick yeah. a swordfish. Ooh, that's yeah. what I mean. So God, there's such so sexier That's fish. a fuckable fish. Barracuda. Yeah. yeah, man. Oh, shit. Eels and stuff? Come on. Flounder. Eel. Yeah. Man of War. That thing, it's like 40 feet of clitoris. Fucking, that's your sexy yeah. fish. Anemone. <gasps> I'd fucking anemone. See, I'm glad I didn't put this bone in a way. I knew it was going to yeah, come keep, in handy eventually. Keep that handy. I've been keep waiting. It, it has handy. not. I have. It has not been used so far. Uh, my notes said to read to the bottom of page 36, but I think we can skip that. It is. Um, uh, it's <laughs> it just says with bang pow bam with bow. <laughs> no. I, okay. All let me read a little down. bit of this. Sure. I remember one incident backstage in a break between appearances. I was still in costume when a young fan knocked on my dressing room door. Upon entering, she professed her love for the show and her desire to have sex with me. I thanked her for the opportunity, but explained that I had to return to the stage in a few minutes. Curious to see if she would be affected, I took my Robin stance with my fists on my hips as I spoke. I got more of a reaction than I expected. She began pleading with me that she had to have me inside of her that very minute. I declined. She cried and cried. I was upset by her near hysteria, so I locked the door and, still in full costume, made love to her on my dressing bench. She cried and groaned through the entire experience. After I climaxed, which she seemed to feel intensely, she made loud animal noises, growls, and deep throat panting. And I was more scared than ever, believing I had an uncontrollable situation on my hands. Uh, so that's just like... that. The sexual dynamism that, that he it's brings. It's like getting an eight-year-old too worked up. She's so horny, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> what problem exactly? I don't know, but it's going to cause trouble. So he fucked some sort of escaped, like, great cat. <laughs> right. That's what I'm and getting from And or this. rubbed one out right before going on stage. Like, I, I truly believe this is a, aggrandized from a real event where maybe a woman walked by his dressing room and he quickly jerked off before going to shoot, you know? That became this I, over time. That's the nugget of truth. Yes. Well, whispering, I'm glad this is for up you. On... And when, when she said what, he said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. So, sorry, ma'am. Would you like an autograph? So, yeah, um, I, I'm glad you're picking up on how this doesn't quite ring true. Um, there's a section here on karate I really liked. I don't know if it's worth reading, but he does claim to train with Bruce Lee and how um, he has a bunch of karate. And I feel like I've seen a picture of them in the same room. Um 
But it, he, he brags about how like he was the first guy to do karate in America, which I think a lot of people did in the 60s. Like if you if you took karate class in the 60s, you're like, I actually brought karate to America. <laughs> but Bruce Lee was Kinawa. teaching him in America. So that would yeah, be. You can just watch Bruce Lee movies at the at the cinema. You could like, I don't know. But I think even um, if you learned it from Bruce Lee, then it's, clearly it's Bruce Lee. that, that <laughs> At least <laughs> if not. Right. The but first, he did. Yeah. He did karate. You see, Bruce Lee was a uh, Wing Chun adapted into Jeet Kune Do. I mean, come on, guys. This is um, basic. All right, I want to read it. Robert. This chapter is called On Your Knees, Girls, and Stay in Line. And there's no surprise. That's exactly what you mean. And our personal appearances, our dressing room was usually a trailer or motorhome, about 25 feet long, positioned behind the stage where we were signing autographs. There were curtains draped to block the trailer from the view of the thousands of parents and children anxiously waiting to meet Batman and Robin. So it's just, just something to keep in mind that the all of the sexual things happened with a curtain between him and the children. Well, Love to mention the to children. See Santa, essentially, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, while I was still married to Bonnie, I controlled my desires, but knew that it was only a matter of time until my sexual addiction took control of me. Adam succumbed to the opportunities at hand every waking moment, even minutes before and after work. I felt he was cutting it too close. He had an insatiable cobra that needed to be fed or, more appropriately described, nursed constantly. <laughs> nursed is in quotes. That's why I said it all gross. Nurse uh, <laughs> the cobra. It's a symbol. During oh, oh, I get it. That's a good point. It's a uh, during breaks between autograph sessions, I would return to the hotel to relax and grab a nosh. I remember returning to the hall about 20 minutes early one day, accompanied by show security. The security guys left. I opened the trailer door and went in. As I entered, I looked to my right and saw our employer and two assistants at a table and chairs, discussing arrangements for crowd control. I turned left to go to where Adam and I dressed and noticed the overhead light was off. However, the lights in the front of the trailer clearly illuminated the rear. There was Adam, leaning back on a cushion bench in the shadows with his legs apart. All he wore was a shirt. I could see the back of a girl on her knees with her head buried in his lap, nibbling a nosh of her own. We were minutes away from going back on stage. I was stunned that he had allowed a young lady to bob his boa in front of the people who hired us. Holy chutzpah! Holy mouthful! Holy mouthful. <laughs> I hope that's what you say that's when, the when, when someone goes down job. on you. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. that she will know to leave the premises immediately. <laughs> she, and she should have a gun for exactly that occasion. It's Who the always, fuck said holy mouthful? <laughs> it's always a good sign when they're nibbling on it, right? Just the little yeah. rabbit like nibbles. That's what you want. Yeah. That's what he thinks happens. Like she must she must gently eat your penis when, when she goes down. Gently on like a little corn on the cob. She just strips it bare. He was still married to Bonnie. She didn't do that. She was a good girl. Um, hey, speaking so, of, she didn't die in like a car accident before this or anything, right? No, uh, there's a lot of stuff in here that like I think the women involved in these stories wouldn't want it to get out. Um, so, Especially like your uh, your wife the, yeah. that you were apparently yeah. married to. Like, I just can't I can't believe the audacity of doing this when there are people alive. Like, OK, if you're going to do this. Make sure everyone's dead, even if like maybe you're the one that has to kill them. But they have to be dead before you start. Otherwise, they're going to know. Somebody's going to know. And I don't understand yeah. how you live with yourself. Um, I, when the, Whenever a woman is named, I should be clear, like the stories are like, oh, he was like, really? She was so hot. And like he almost got a kiss her when they were filming a scene. And like that's the sexual conquest. And um, if a woman doesn't have a name, she's like 
an X-Men character and that like she's sort of a thing and then all the stuff a very dumb person would associate with that thing. So like, oh, this girl was from Russia. So she was uh, a cosmonaut. She's a she borscht. Really eater. contemplative art. Yeah, she, she was a borscht chef. She was really uh, sad. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is Adam West quote. Keep an eye out for the big Polynesian mama who looks like she got hit in the face with a plank. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he get hit in the face with a plank? I love sounds yes. like projection, man. I agree. Does um, he think of himself as a big Polynesian mama? <laughs> I think that's what we're learning. Yeah. Yep. Adam West just trying to dodge him. He's like, God, fucking Bert keeps following us to lunch. Uh okay, so Bert says, uh, what? I asked. I'm telling you, she's gonna show up here, and you've got to warn me so I can hide in the trailer until she leaves. And you've got to tell her that I'm not here. I thought to myself, his horniness must really have been desperate last night. Apparently, the beauty he bedded looked beastly to him afterwards. I can't tell her you're not here. That would be a lie, I answered innocently. So lie. You've got to keep that Amazon away from me. He was in agony, and I was suddenly having fun. I began to lay it on a little thicker. She sounds like a nice girl. You know, Adam. I think it's about time you settled down. You haven't been married for a while. Any chance you might consider this vision of beauty as prospective nuptial material? Adam winced. Jeez, Bert, with those lips, she could suck the chrome off a bumper. So I think this is just the kind of back and forth these two best friends have. He's like... Both in Bert Ward's voice. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I hope in real life they alliterated constantly. Because that's the main... That's the other writing technique thing I'm picking up. The beauty he betted was beastly. Uh, They've done that like 10 times now. There Mm -hmm. haven't been as many whiz-bang-wow biff things as I feared. But there yeah. has been writing where they're trying to write like a literal comic book. They're writing like comic book people talk, except comic book people aren't always talking about their cum. <laughs> well, depends uh, on the comic depends book. On the, yeah, the Green Lantern a lot, Neil, given. Neil Gaiman. Not, right. Here's another uh, thing he does a lot. He goes, but now I was more curious than ever to see what he'd gotten himself into. Literally. <laughs> like, uh, wow. If you're going to read this book, get used to that fucking shit. Um, <laughs> I worked at Crash. Apparently, I am. To that. Yeah. Just so that story has a button on it. Uh, he, Bert did betray Adam and he showed the ugly woman uh, to Adam's trailer so she could wait there. And he basically is like, I don't know. I don't know how that resolved itself. Um, so he assumes that like Adam West is just unable to not consent and was just like mauled by the woman he didn't want to have sex with. Uh, I realize as I say that out loud, man, like he's, he's not good at ending the story. He gives, he throws out a big offer like Batman getting Mm -hmm. a blowjob in front of the producers. But then what did he get in trouble? Did he not? Did the Polynesian mama, like he's not good at closing it out. Yeah. Which is kind of uh, a trait of a liar. Like, like the, the spectacle of the story is easy to imagine something like that happening. But it takes like a true imagination, a real, actual good liar to think what would have happened you if have that to really did happen. Right. You yeah. have to at least know how sex concludes. And I don't know that <laughs> right. he has a theory based on this. I think he's, he's gone up to that point. Part. Yeah. But then yeah. like, if he continues the story, it'll be like, and then they juggled? Yeah. Then they yeah. both yeah. know the there's same biting. time? There's, and there's it- definitely peeing and biting for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, let me just... To be fair to Burt Ward, here's how he punched that uh, that whole section. Was he at that very moment having a second serving of his Polynesian mama? I never found out, but I'd love to know. 
So these best friends, he never said like, hey, that Samoan woman chasing you down. Like, did you ever like have to make love to her again? Did she kill you? Are you okay? (laughs) Yeah. Even though that's all they ever talk about is who they've just made love to. Yep. Uh, Never came up. Never. Despite it being like something I think Adam would be mad about. Like, hey, buddy, I asked you not to tell that lady where where I'm staying. Are there stories oh. that aren't about sexual conquest? And I'm not saying that because I'm bored of sexual conquest stories because they're phenomenal. But I mean, <laughs> is the whole book this? Is the whole book these stories? Do we find out the, about Bonnie? Anything? It is about 60% these stories and 40% Amazing. like just Gorgeous. like wrote like like Hollywood stories. Like wow. here's here's the kind of like the story he would have had ready on Johnny Carson. Right. Sure. Like that type of stuff that, so if you'd followed Burt Ward's career, you almost certainly heard these stories. Cause like I showed you in that clip, he, he tells these stories, uh, you know, at any opportunity. Right. Not That's in a bad way. Johnny just like Carson hated him know. so much. <laughs> but I said, <laughs> Johnny Carson, um, versus Burt Ward, the ultimate showdown. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say that like these guys that sort of had like one or two big hits and then they spend the rest of the time signing autographs at Comic-Con, they tend to boil their lives down to like uh you know like five or six stories that they tell to yep. people they'll never see again yep yeah and i imagine so, this all takes place within the span of about three years and then the rest of it yeah. is him telling stories about those three years which is so yeah. sad that's some sort of curse i would put on somebody uh i'm glad it's not my life i see you see it at comic-con there's like that that autograph alley that that's really really very sad like um Oh, uh, I sometimes, got an autograph. Ooh, sometimes they're really dragging them out from the back of the closet. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes you'll see Virgil, who was like the million dollar man's bodyguard. And that guy's very famously sad. He'll like have a big old million dollar man at Virgil sign every time he goes somewhere. And million dollar man, it's like never signed an autograph with him in 30 years. <laughs> and so he just pretends he's in the bathroom the whole day, I guess. Um, yeah. Sad Virgil's like one of those like really funny things you can look up, but it's also kind of sad in in the obvious way but also some unintentional ways and if you talk to him it's just it's all about million dollar man fucking people over and over again <laughs> over and over teaching him how to use his dick yes, really opened me up to a world of sexual exploration the million dollar dream is not a normal submission hold it's actually a lot of sexual connotation that uh, that's why a lot of women got those million dollar man haircuts back in the day he hypnotized him with his gyrations he was able to fuck at 12 kilofucks a second <laughs> now I want uh, we're on page 85 now uh, I'm skipping over a lot I just want let's just fucking get into it horny people if you're like having some trouble with your horniness this will not now's help now's the time alright whip it out we're ready fantasy is fulfilled I sat on the edge of the bed waiting. The bathroom door opened slowly and a ravishing young woman emerged. She was wearing my Robin costume. Everything except my trunks. I was stunned. Her long brown hair flowed over the back of my cape. Her piercing blue eyes filled the openings of my mask. Her large breasts stretched my t-shirt and crime-fighting vest to the limit. She put her hands on her hips and took a familiar stance. All right, you fiend. She purred. Sorry, I should have purred. I smiled and noticed... She had several colorful scarves tucked into my utility belt. Even my bat boots looked sensational on her. In fact, she looked better in the costume than I ever did. She placed the scarves on my shoulders, teasingly brushed against me, and stepped out of the bed. Entranced, I watched her lie down and stretched her arms and legs suggestively toward the bedposts. 
I'm yours, boy wonder. Take me. She was a fan. I was the star. This was the moment she'd dreamed of. <laughs> I thought I was joking she, about the juggling. They're going to juggle. I was, is she juggle. about to do some close-up magic right now? With this yes. <laughs> you guys make fun, but let me read the very next paragraph. It is clinically how you fuck. I moved to her and gently glided my fingers back and forth through her pubic hair. It was warm and soft and glistened in the dim light of the bed lamp. <laughs> I yes, what I was doing. Yes. In a rotating motion against this is the, the vagina, side of her I said. vagina. <laughs> I gently is. rested my elbow in her belly button, like Adam West taught me. Lower, she said. Move, no, actually, you know, like it's 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 physically lower. Her eyes closed and her body tightened. I ran my hand slowly along her legs, trailing my fingertips over her peach skin, easing them down the soft crease on the inside of her thighs and caressing the outer edges of her curly locks. She breathed deeply. Reaching underneath, I clasped her small firm buttocks in my palms and squeezed tightly. Her back arched into the air and her mouth opened. I raised her to meet my face. My tongue delicately spread her lips and I pressed against her, kissing her firmly and drawing her into my mouth. Her body shuddered twice and became limp in my hands. Is he so fucking wow, a jack-in-the-box? He, he, uh, he ran his, he, he brillo patted her, her pubic hair, <laughs> grabbed her butt with both hands, launched rammed her, his tongue launched into her, her mouth. Air like a can of snakes. Yep. And then she climaxed and died. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's how you do it. Kissed her clit once and she's out. She's done. <laughs> um, fantastic. Very I thought erotic. I was going to learn about fucking Batman shit, man. I thought we were going to riff about the penguin and stuff. This is much better. It is. <laughs> There's so little of that in the book. Do, does right? he ever fuck with? I uh, was gonna, does he ever talk about the Batman mythos? The legend of the bat? Seems like not. Hardly at all. Like, I think Cesar Romero gets a couple of sentences. That was my question. Does he fuck yeah. alongside or with he, or on top of Cesar Romero? He does not have this sex book with Cesar bullshit. Romero. Does he fuck yeah, her as a kid? Is, absolutely not. Um, oh, she would fucking kill him. Who is uh, Yvonne Craig? Is that who? I can't remember who did the foreword. Don't know. Yeah, Yvonne, Yvonne Craig, who was uh, Batgirl. I don't think they ever had any sexual relationship. He didn't uh, have any sex with any of the women on the set. But he almost kissed one. And that's a chapter. The people who would verify or dispute it, he had no sex with. Anyone you can call, he suspiciously did not fuck. Okay, so now this is a very important section. Uh, Please listen closely. This um, chapter is called Indecent Exposure. Oversized, underrated problem. To bulge or not to bulge? That is the question. You've got to be kidding. Come on. Is this some kind of joke? I found it hard to believe then. I find it harder to believe now. Suddenly, my most private parts became public. Greenway Productions' busy front office called to say that 20th Century Fox had called them because ABC Network had called them because of the Catholic League of Decency had called ABC with outraged indignation that the boy wonder's genitalia bulged indecently and enormously out of his tights and through his bat trunks. So vociferous were their complaints that ABC demanded immediate action with the implied threat that future airings of Batman could be in jeopardy. Uh, dick too big for TV. My dick, you're right. My dick's so big you can't see it. Dick it too big for TV, like and God. that's not the title of this book. I fucking <laughs> whiffed it. Uh, okay, I'm going to skip ahead uh, 
Adam West said that he stuffs his uh, undershorts with Turkish towels, but that wasn't the case. It was all natural, gigantic penis. Uh, here's the section called Shrinking the Serpent or the 11th Commandment. Thou shalt not fool with thy tool. Bind his balls and let's get on with the show. Wise cracked a frustrated crew member. He was referring to the ancient oriental tradition of binding the feet of women to keep them as small as possible. His comment was a quantum leap across centuries and gender, but our wardrobe department took it seriously. Dancer's belts, jock straps, double thick jockey shorts, dong socks, testicle supports, padded underwear, nothing reduced the swelling, not even ice packs. The battle of my bulge was becoming an even bigger problem and the studio wasn't winning. And with the physical hell I was going through, I certainly wasn't coming out ahead either. Of course, each show's director could have been instructed to film me in a, such a way as to avoid the beast in the bat trunks, as the crew referred to my problem. However, that would have been so artistically restrictive and time intensive that, for a practical point of view, it was nonsensical. You see, you can't just film a guy from the waist up. What you need to do is have hundreds of prop masters stuff things into a little little 21-year-old boy's pants. You need a team of guys behind him holding elastic bands as hard as they can, just pulling the balls back while you film. That's what we usually do now. So he had his cock dressed up like like an 18th century maiden, just yes. layers and hoops. Corsets and whalebone stays. Nothing his worked, you guys. Feats of his engineering could not restrain my cock. His dick's not too big for TV. It's too big for pants. It's too big for ice. Ice can't keep this dick down. <laughs> nothing, nothing can work. Now, hold on. I, I, I do want to resolve this story because I know everyone's wondering. This crotch crisis whipped me back and forth between the insistent demands of the studio, the network, and the production company. Faced with the witch hunt threats of the religious right that kept rearing its angry, blood-filled, bulbous head, the production company's honchos decided enough was enough and it was time to bring in the heavy artillery. With great secrecy, I was taken to a special doctor. I can't remember his name, but I do remember his thick German accent. My memory blockage is probably due to my pre-visit trauma, which included nightmares of castration. You see, in showbiz, extreme sacrifice is a given because everybody knows that the show must go on. <laughs> yeah, right. That's uh, Burton Ward, not me. Did he? Um, is he saying Hollywood chopped his dick off? <laughs> I think he's saying. Again, uh, what a title for a book. The studio cut my dick off. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood chopped my dick off the Burt Ward story. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, going to, we're going to try something, he said. I apprehensively acquiesced. <laughs> he held up his hand. Enos! I never said another word. He wrote a prescription. I don't know if it was for saltpeter or what. Whatever it was, I took it every two hours while I was shooting for the entire next show. It worked. During the filming of that episode, I became a shadow of my former self. Okay, so saltpeter is an erection suppressant. So what right. he's really saying is he had a boner this whole time. And they're like, you gotta stop getting boners on set, buddy. <laughs> right. Like, if he's at half mass, then it's big. Like, that's why. It's that he can't stop being horny all the time. And, I mean, we've all been there. Sure. W watching Adam West's gyrations. <laughs> hypnotizing yeah, him. With his propaganda thrusts. Now, I found a Australian show where he was doing an interview and he said this. Legion of Decency said that bulge in Robin's tights <laughs> is not acceptable. They found a doctor who had the special 
shrinking pills. Oh, you're making this oh, up. Oh, I'm not. Really? I took those pills for like three days. And, and they shrunk you what now? Well, <laughs> well, well, he got. I don't want to say yeah. I have a tiny penis now, so right. no. It was temporary. Whoops, you're right, I've this cornered story, myself in this lie. It better. <laughs> what I like about this is that uh, it shows how this guy did not read his book. Even the part about his giant penis, this interviewer didn't didn't bother to read it. Mm. Um, and his first reaction was, no, you're making that up. Because <laughs> yeah. that pill does not exist and no one would take it. If someone did make that pill, it would be very famous. I like the idea that only a Nazi would make this dick smaller. It's almost yes. unholy, like, right? That's the subtle implication. He's some kind of I, Nazi doctor. I took yeah. Nazi dick shrinking pills, the Burt Ward store. <laughs> They're all better. Everyone. So it's a titles. really good title. Reach out and pluck he is a, some of these. And that's, I guess, what I mean by, like, when I said X-Men characters earlier. He has, like, this natural storytelling to sort of slam people into archetypes. So it's like, oh, if you got this, like, doctor, he has to have a German accent. That's it. That's all you need to know about the guy. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know like where his office was or like, you know, if he was a nice guy or, or what his hair looked like. Did he have Batman hair? That's Did fucking important have? to me now. So there's a chapter about uh, when he and Adam West went to a nudist colony and Robin had a boner the entire time. So this could be a boner. He might just be a very bonered individual. Um, he does actually say the words, holy priapism, because uh, of course he does. Can fuck you. Yeah. So so they all make fun of him at the nudist colony, like while Adam West is playing volleyball, just Flop and dong and everything. Uh, on the way out, as they walk past the orgy, because surprise, this isn't a nudist colony. This is a an orgy nudist colony, like you, like they have. Uh, and then that, that's when they get recognized. They're like, "Holy shit, that's Batman!" And uh, the woman said she recognized the way he walked. And then she's like, "Hold on a second. Hold on a second. That means you're Robin." And I think here's where they give away at least one of their storytelling methods. Let me let me switch to page one hundred three. I like that she can only recognize them by the way they walk instead of the fact that not, their faces are on not television. His face, yeah. right. <laughs> Very famously an actor. Because he's like, how did they recognize us that our cowl's on? It's like, you're fucking Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson for half the show, you Dude. dumb fucking idiot. You have one acting job your whole career, you can't fucking remember it. Does he not get that that that, that he's Robin? <laughs> like, does he, <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't know there's a sidekick. He just thinks he was a lucky guy who got to ride along with Batman all the time. <laughs> I do think maybe at the nudist calling, you just look at everyone's penis, right? That's polite, right? So you wouldn't you wouldn't recognize someone because you got you're looking at that flopping down or throbbing hard erection in in Burt Ward's case. But yeah, then, you go to uh, shake so, hands with that dick, and you're like, wait a minute, this, <laughs> this dick flops in a familiar movements. fashion. Yeah. <laughs> This is a television dick. Uh, so he, she says, oh, my. Well, you certainly can't be the little one. Robin, can you? Embarrassed, I nodded. Anxious to leave, I turned back to Adam, who was engrossed watching the caterpillar's permutations. Because they were like a full human centipede of fucking going on in this place. <laughs> That's what he thinks an orgy is, is a line. <laughs> just a line. It's just it's a conga line. 50, 50 dudes in a conga line. <laughs> they join up like a barrel of monkeys. <laughs> Just rubbing each other's pubic hair back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> Until the climactic like butt grab. <laughs> Which happens within uh, seconds. Uh, I was reminded of my trips to the zoo to watch and imitate the kangaroos. Maybe the old dog was learning a few new tricks. Satisfied that he'd seen enough, Adam indi- indicated we should go. I was more than ready, although I was sorry I hadn't scored with the brunette. 
Then in parentheses, I did a week later, though, when she came to visit me for the weekend. We never got out of bed. Uh, uh, yeah, and that's the classic it. liar's that's... maneuver that he can't he can't even take a tiny L in reference yep. to anything. He has to go. But later we did. Later we did. And my dick was not shrunk from the Nazi pills anymore, by the way. It was huge again. <laughs> Crazy side effect. The dick pills made him gigantic. The old Shot liar's parentheses. That. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, he, nowhere in the story does he number clothes on this naked babe. Uh, so I, I also think that uh, they wouldn't have pens with them. So it's like, hey, what's your number? She'd tell him, and then he'd have to remember it fully nude. Um, no, Adam West would all remember that, it through like interpretive dance. He would dance it back. Oh, to that's him. a good point. He would just like spin his dong in the then in it's that in honeybee the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, all the space in the book is dedicated to, like, all the near kisses that Bert had on the set of Batman. So it seems weird that this nudist lady he met at an orgy who he boned for 72 hours just, like, didn't ever get another mention in the entire book. Just like, oh, yeah, yeah totally. I totally. Whatever whatever Stanley Ralph Ross wrote, no, 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 no. Come on. I, I You know I hit that. Right. Um, sorry, but what is it? to almost kiss someone does that mean he tried to kiss them and they rebuffed him does that mean in his mind there was a fraught moment where they should kiss because almost kissing someone is nothing that's not doing anything (laughs) okay there was um a scene where he had to act alongside a woman and uh she was supposed to be seducing young robin and he like came close to kissing her and then like other stuff you know batman burst in or whatever sure yeah, and so like in on, on in the script, he almost kissed a girl, and when he acted that out, he was like, "Oh fuck, that shit was real." It's like a guy who like thinks his hooter waitress fell in love with him, right? You know, it's like that. She was so close to me, I could have t- touched her with my tongue, but she would have climaxed and ruined the shot. <laughs> Just flopping <laughs> around sprung, like a halibut, <laughs> sprung into the air, perhaps, perhaps embedding herself in the in the lights overhead and and dying. I saved her life, right? Lest <laughs> she would have been filtered. Through the krill teeth of the Adam West orca. I don't. I don't fucking know where I was I going. I think with that. Um, maybe that that bit he was telling on himself a little with that bit about watching the kangaroos. I think that's where he gets how women <laughs> orgasm. Yes. It's that they just spring into the air. It's like yes, I learned. I learned my sexual information from the zoo. Watching the kangaroos, they they leap ten feet into the air. Well, and their dicks are always bulging through that pouch, you know. So he probably uh, go. kinship with them. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead about 20 pages to the section called Beautiful, but nobody will touch her. Uh, well, this girl like says, <laughs> I rested inside of her between orgasms. We kissed tenderly. I broached the subject of why she didn't have a boyfriend or if she did. Her eyes, <laughs> or, maybe, you know, maybe between did. orgasms. Know. You ask if she's in a committed relationship. Her eyes teared, but her expression remained warm. Something was hurting her very much. I was sorry I asked. He I don't have any boyfriends. <laughs> yeah, seriously. She even limp. That's got to be tearing her in half. Mm. You can't rest that inside a human <laughs> like a birth book. canal. <laughs> I don't She's have any boyfriends. Sheath. Because no one will go out with me, her voice quivered. Why? You're wonderful, intelligent, and beautiful, I said. Guys are afraid, she answered. Of what, I asked. You don't seem like the kind of person who would hurt anybody. I'm not, she answered, but my father is. He's the sheriff. My heart stopped beating, and I thought I was dead. Fortunately, it started again. Gee, I said, even though your dad's the sheriff, I'm sure he knows you're a normal girl, and that you're old enough to do what you want. No, I'm not, she said, without offering more. Holy jailbait! 
Forget my heart. I was about to dump in my pants. I felt like the remains of Hiroshima in 1945. And the fact that she didn't willingly provide any details to soften the atomic bomb she had just dropped scalded me like radioactive fallout. I prayed to hear something like, don't worry, I'm 17 and 11 twelfths. Or, it's not a big deal, I'll be 18 next Thursday. No word at all was an extraordinarily bad sign. I cleared my throat. How old are you? I asked weakly. 15 and a half. This is going in the book. Yeah, I wouldn't have put that in my book. It's it's a, it's a wacky misadventure. If I did put the statutory rape in my book, I probably wouldn't compare it to Hiroshima. I probably wouldn't also double down on that. I probably wouldn't describe myself shitting on her between orgasms. <laughs> in his pants. So he still had his he's pants on. Filling his pants. He's coming twice with the pants <laughs> remaining on and filling them like a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> filling just, them like like Hiroshima, like, Hiroshima. Them, like yeah. the victims of Hiroshima. <laughs> now, I'm 15. Uh, <laughs> this would make a now, great everyone, cartoon. I want to see this drawn. the The good thing is, I don't think any of the stories in this book are true. Uh, <laughs> Thank but God. Yeah. He he basically. Uh, you'll start to see that the the tail end of the book. We're now past halfway. All of the stories are kind of like. Um, like I was saying, like an archetype, like let's do one where there's a cheating wife. Let's do one where blah, blah, blah. And so we'll see sort of just a twist on a bunch of classics. One time I stayed with the farmer and he said, don't touch my three daughters. Right. <laughs> Holy three musketeers, Batman. Um, okay. So this, let's see, page 134. We're going to do the Mile High Club because, of course, we got to do the Mile High Club. Um, so let me run through this. Uh, so he meets a woman in line, uh, and she's a beautiful French-speaking woman, and she doesn't know him from the TV show, so he is seducing her cold. As we spoke, I noticed we were being listened to by a man in the seat across the aisle, so I suggested we switch from English and speak in her native language. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? That was the only French I knew. I explained that I wasn't proficient in foreign tongues. So again, this is not a great plan in his fictional story. Uh, back to the Back to the book but that I would make an exception with hers. I was great in charades, however, and we had a lot of fun trying to communicate with each other. I finally succeeded in conveying my plan to make love in the only available private place, the bathroom. Uh, those were his ellipses. Record I really scratch. Hit <laughs> yes. He's too tight, she said. I was still trying to speak French, and she was helping me by answering in English. So there were two people speaking English, just to be clear. Unexpectedly, the passenger across the aisle spoke to me. Excuse me, I really think you should speak a different language, because if you don't want anyone to know what you're talking about, I'm a French interpreter for the United Nations. Cute little detail. Cute little detail. The He's like, hey, I I, I speak this lingua franca, guys. I'm, I'm a fucking United Nations interpreter. Yeah, I'm not just a French person. I work for yes. the United Nations, and I would like <laughs> you to fuck. <laughs> I'm here on behalf of the United Nations. Please take it out, Bart Ward. <laughs> on the Let plane. Let me see that hog. That famous hog that required all the saltpeter to fit into the panties. I'm invoking uh, Article 99. Bert Ward's dick must come out for the good of the world. Serbia <laughs> agrees. Put it on the table, Bert Ward. <laughs> well, that was it. I nearly died of embarrassment. More agonizingly, I realized that I had another three hours of sitting across from this man before I could get off the airplane and hide. 
Even more horrendous was the fact that I had no alternative place to be with this girl if we were going to join the Mile High Club. I mean, golly gee willikers. That's the fucking quote. Uh, when I was, when was I ever going to get another chance like this? So this is a guy who's on the tail end of just a fucking countrywide sexual rampage. And he's like, I cannot pass up even the fucking most remote opportunity. Um, anyway, just then, a side note, uh, Mm -hmm. how, like, even to this day, a French woman has to be the most sick of, of men using the voulez-vous coche avec moi line. At the peak, at the peak of its popularity, she would have just punched you. It doesn't matter. It didn't, it doesn't matter if you were TV's Adam West, she would punch you in the (laughs) face for that line. He would have communicated entirely in body role. Just then, a passenger sitting in front of me turned around and started talking to us. I recognized him immediately. It was Donnie Most, who portrayed Ralph Malf on the popular ABC television series, Happy Days. <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, there's cameos in this yeah, anecdote now? It's a fucking, fucking cameo. He didn't, he didn't know that the young lady and I had something going. Or at least, I thought I did. And he made a gigantic play for her. After 10 minutes of listening to some of the biggest corn I had ever heard, I finally interrupted. Okay, Donnie, we'll talk to you later. Fucking cock blocker. Fucking the Fonz wouldn't do that. He turned around and went to sleep. I wanted to refocus on the most important issue at hand. Are you ready? I asked. She nodded. I suggested she go to the restroom and close the door, but leave it unlocked. I would join her in a few minutes. Uh, Can you guys predict, like, one more obstacle that might get thrown in their way? The entire cast of Welcome Back, Cotter. (laughs) I'm going to guess the air marshal pulls his gun and demands that he put it on the table. (laughs) That's another really good guess. No, uh... Bathroom poop. As she started to rise, a huge man sitting in the front row stood up and stretched. I told her to hurry, but it was too late. The man emitted a rude bodily noise and suddenly dove into the bathroom. Holy past gas! What an unexpected, uncontrollable delay. I actually expected this because I think in every comedy movie where they're trying to fuck in the bathroom, someone goes to take a giant crap. And um, Burt Ward's story is no exception. This is a very giant crap. Let's continue. Uh, the rest of the section is about the crap, because that's how erotic the book is. More it than was an Andre hour the passed. Giant. More, <laughs> more, more than an hour passed. I want to make sure everyone heard that. He, his shit lasted one hour, <laughs> one airplane hour. That's like seven <laughs> yes. normal hours. Yes, that's like seventy people trying to use the bathroom. Uh, I thought the man must have fallen in. Actually, I was hoping he not only fell in but got flushed away just for causing this unbearable weight. Finally, he emerged. After that much time in the can, I expected the guy to come out as a shadow of his former self. Not so. A number of thoughts raced across my brain. What could that man have eaten to cause him to be in there for so long? And he doesn't look any different than when he went in. Whatever he did, it didn't do him any good. And, gee, no telling what that place smells like. Maybe we should forget the whole thing. Before I could utter a word, my hot-to-trot date got up and walked straight to the bathroom. She turned and smiled at me as she went in. That's my cue, I said to myself. So I went for it. Smells Even like though shit in here. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it was cramped with me sitting on the toilet seat and Lady Godiva mounted on top, it was wonderful. Together with the up and down motion of the plane, I felt like a Lone Ranger. What? Oh, planes don't work <laughs> like plane, that. No. That sex doesn't work, work like that. I guess turbulence, <laughs> the turbulence was working out perfectly for him. Wow. 
But also, <laughs> pooping doesn't work like that. Like he expected, <laughs> does he expect people to look different when they're done pooping? <laughs> he was surprised yeah. he didn't come out a skinny man. He hit that two different ways. He's like, no, really, I think I'm onto something here. He should be smaller. Uh, so they fuck for a page. Uh, a terrible thing began to happen. She was having such a great time that she didn't realize her groans and sighs were getting very loud. I said, shh, we can't be too noisy. She didn't hear me or didn't care. She just kept raising her voice. At this point, I was too worried about the noise she was making to have a good time myself. What a helpless feeling. I couldn't stop her. and I couldn't get up. Of course, I was complimented by the fact that she was enjoying herself. But she was scaring me to death with the racket she made. Oh, and then a blood-curling climactic scream. Ah! I let go and screamed too. Shut my wad. And it was over. Then I realized where I was, the close proximity of the passengers sitting quietly in their seats and the shattering noise we made. I went down faster than I went up, deflated like the Hindenburg. I was the incredible shrinking man who was afraid to come out of the bathroom. Clean up Stop. in there was like sardines showering in their can. <laughs> Stop comparing your dick to horrible disasters. Yes. It's like my number horrible one tip. Why? Tragedies. Also, it famously <laughs> didn't deflate. It fucking exploded. <laughs> exploded. Yeah. He really, he really fucked that up. Uh, so then I guess he was now self-conscious about his bulge so that when he doesn't have an erection, he's like, I can't be seen in public like this. Uh just a weird detail that got thrown in there. I just do not think this guy knows how penises work. And that's weird. And he's mad at, at the female orgasm. Yeah, he's really pissed off about it. Uh, Ralph I, Mouth heard the whole thing. Ralph Mouth was sitting right outside the door. <laughs> and that French interpreter probably went to the UN and told everybody told all about right. it. He's like, Finland, you know what happened on the flight here? Then there's a slight delay because they hear the translator in their ear and then they're like, whoa. Yes. Yeah. Oh, incredible. The entire cast of Welcome Back Cotter, you say. <laughs> so let's do, let's do a story about one that got away. Uh, these are all great, fantastic victories. But like the action is Robin's arrest of Pussycat. As I speak my lines, Leslie raises her hands above her head and turns to kiss me. I move in close. After two rehearsals less than a fraction of an inch from her lips, I was so hot and bothered that I thought I might lose control. I wanted to kiss her and make a beeline for her honeypot. Thinking about Leslie in that sexy outfit now, I associate my passion for her with the song Tom Jones made famous, and I find myself singing, Pussycat, Pussycat, I love you. It was time for a take. I, I, I just wanted like to let that fucking land, just like mm. that flop on the floor, that fucking shitty line. Just fucking gasp for air and die, you shitty fucking line. Okay, okay. I considered Leslie equally at fault for being so charming, beautiful, and sexy. There ought to be a law against it. On action, I said my lines and moved in close. I was trying to concentrate, but all I could think of was Leslie and her delicious lips. Her delicate, sexy perfume was no deterrent. She raised her arms and out protruded those boobs. My resistance <laughs> was collapsing. <laughs> like an like an action figure. Real extruding boobs. Raise those arms. <laughs> Boob growing action on the Leslie action figure. I briefly cast my eyes downward and saw that miniskirt rising along with my temperature. I tried to frighten myself by reminding myself that this was my producer's niece and there would be horrible repercussions from an unwarranted groping. But that didn't do any good either. I moved closer to those lips. So close that I could feel the warmth of her skin. I wanted her badly. There was no stopping me. 
cut, yelled the director. That startled me and I stopped. <laughs> Good story. I got really yes. horny for somebody that wasn't into it. The end. Mm-hmm. The end. It I, occurred this is just to junior me, high, man. It occurred to me that if I groped them without consent, it would be a problem. So I didn't do that. Yeah. Just this particular <laughs> woman. Good and story. nothing could stop me except someone telling me to stop. <laughs> or go. Uh, someone saying, action, yeah. it's time to shoot now. So it's I'm nice. 15 the- and a half, she said. I deflated like the <laughs> Irish potato famine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's the one that got away. There's one where he hooks up an older lady. Um, you, I mean, you get what's going on here. He's but Rolodexing all of the penthouse, dear penthouse tropes. Yeah, yes. It's every single, I bet he fucked his secretary too, right? Uh, or, or personal I don't think he assistant. fucks a secretary. You know what? Um, there is a story about that. I'm not sure I clipped it, but he did uh, almost have sex with uh, an assistant. Uh, here's, it. Yeah, you nailed it. Mary knew what she was doing. There were no false starts and no naive gropings. She was so calm and comfortable with who she was, almost as though she had been around for centuries. Her touch was soft, efficient, and effective. She had me ready before I expected and introduced me into her warm, hospitable nest. The experience (laughs) was smooth and heavenly, and I felt mesmerized by her presence. We enjoyed each other continuously throughout the night. The next day, near daybreak, she became extremely tired and weak. She wanted to go to sleep before the sun rose. I was tired and thirsty and asked if I could find myself something cold to drink. She directed me to her refrigerator. I was considering pineapple juice when I saw four plastic bottles of what looked like grape juice. But there was no colorful printed label, just a hospital-style tape on the neck of each one, inked with scribbled letters. My vivid imagination was playing tricks on me, and I imagined that these were bottles of blood. Let's see, that would make Mary a vampire and me her next victim? I shuddered. Not a pleasant thought. In fact, a ridiculous one, considering the typical American household I was in. I vowed to control my imagination as my next New Year's resolution. I chose the pineapple juice and went back to Mary's bedroom. She was waiting for me. I referred to her refrigerator and made a tasteless joke about her being Dracula's ex-wife. She didn't laugh. I apologized. Those are vials of blood. She read my mind, and I answered my question before I asked it. Hey, I'm cool, I said to myself. I wasn't jittery. For all I knew, she or one of her kids... Could have undergone a recent operation. I didn't notice any IV equipment. Maybe she did charity work for the Red Cross, or it was a regular donor, or... I drink it, she said calmly. I felt a hollow feeling in my stomach and instinctively placed my left hand around the front of my throat. Why, I asked. I didn't want to appear frightened, but I was. I liked the taste of it, and it's nutritious. A cold chill surged through me. I didn't feel comfortable about this revelation. Stupidly, I dropped the subject rationalized some far-fetched excuse, and continued dating her for several weeks. Nothing bad ever happened. Well, except one thing. We made hamburgers one night. She liked hers raw, with garlic, salt, pepper, and parsley. Steak tartare. While slicing some tomatoes for our salad, I cut myself. She was genuinely concerned. I went for a paper towel to apply pressure and stop the bleeding. No, she blurted intensely. Don't do that. I'll take care of it. She put her mouth against my finger and her lips went over my wound. I felt a little sting and then suction. She was sucking my blood! (laughs) (laughs) He's brought up Dracula multiple times in his book about Batman. And they're like equivalent figures. Talk about Batman. Compare shit to Batman shit. As a fan of Batman, I'm disappointed. (laughs) But this was an actual vampire. To like include vampire bat like associations somehow, but he couldn't like draw the connection or analogy, so he's just like, 
I'll, I'll just talk about vampire stuff. <laughs> yeah, he also keeps I, saying stuff as if the character, as if he's being facetious. Like, you know, and then I, I thought her tits would explode. But anyway, no, really, I thought her tits would explode. <laughs> like, he then buys the shitty thing that he just said. And then they did. Thought. Yeah. And then it happens I, for real. I feel like we're not making a big enough deal of how Burt Ward claims he had sex with a vampire. Yes. Like, his, his <laughs> right. older lady story got so out of control, he's like... She must be so experienced. She's a thousand years old, but how could that be possible? Of course, I'll make her a vampire. Oh, I didn't even connect the time. The time, the fact that she's centuries old. I think I was too hung up on the phrase hospitable nest. Yeah, that that really threw me early. Brilliant. (laughs) Because because of all the 40 minutes because of that. Because of all the mountain monsters, I can only think of Bigfoot nests. <laughs> I just picture a little Bigfoot down there. I yep. he fucked a vamp. He, I cannot believe he included that in this book. He fucked a vampire. It's, it makes me so happy. Uh, he does share another story about an older lady because Shelley Winters tried to fuck him when she was a guest star on the show, and she was a um, mummy. She, she was a mummy. You know, Bert says she was too old for him. Uh, and after all, the last older lady tried to fucking eat him, and Shelley Winters, you know, famously had an overeating problem. So. Uh, just to be safe, he did not have sex with Shelley Winters. Mm-hmm. This next one might be a little too sexy. I'm going to read it anyway. Uh, this is from a section called Holy Femmes Fatales. Femmes Fatales. Uh, that night, we made love endlessly. It was like having sex in a circle with no beginning and no end. <laughs> Pleasurable to the point of pain. It was a, one of the most <laughs> profound experiences I ever had. I was definitely smitten with her charm, even though a small voice inside warned me of danger. Was this girl another heartbreaker? A man-eater? I was too tired to ponder the ramifications. It was now very late. We both had to be on the set for early makeup and wardrobe calls, and I still had a long drive back to Malibu. I kissed Deborah goodnight and tucked into her, tucked her into bed. As I left the room, she called me back. She asked me to leave by the back door, which was reached through the kitchen. I wondered why, but accepted her request, figuring she knew what was best. Wrong again! I walked through the dark hallway into the kitchen. Fumbling my way to the back door. As I started to leave, I noticed there was no lock on the inside of the doorknob, just a deadbolt on the door that could only be locked and unlocked from the inside. If I went out that door, there was no way I could lock it as I left. I decided to do the right thing to go back through the apartment, down the steep stairs, and out the front door. Wrong again. Again. I headed through the kitchen. As I entered the living room, something eerie caught my eye. It was shiny and appeared in the distance momentarily from behind one of the pillars. Now I want to stop here. He fucked a leprechaun. What do you guys? <laughs> this dude fucked a leprechaun. Yeah, alien. I think That's it's aliens. Uh, they're great guesses, but uh, let me continue. Then it disappeared. I thought my eyes were playing tricks. I started down the stairs. Suddenly, I heard a very soft, slow laugh and stopped dead in my tracks. I listened again, but heard nothing. I started again down the stairs. Now I heard an animalistic chuckling and knew that what I'd heard was real. Then I saw it. A long metallic object with a strong, shiny reflection. What was it? I didn't know and wasn't inclined to take the time to find out. A shriek. In the darkness, I saw someone running toward me very fast. Then I recognized the shiny object. A large, long, very sharp-looking butcher knife. And someone was coming at me. I ran for my life, bounding down the stairs toward the front door. Whoever was chasing me now began screaming and was coming down the stairs towards me very fast. I struggled to open the front door, but the deadbolt seemed stuck. I used all my strength, and at the very last possible moment, the door swung open. The danger was now very close, maybe five or six feet away. 
I turned and saw Deborah holding the huge knife over her head in a threatening position. She had a wild look in her eyes and seemed to be in an uncontrollable frenzy. The girl's gone crazy, I thought. She must be possessed. I dashed out the door as the blade came down, missing me by inches. I ran into the night toward my car. I couldn't believe how close I had come to losing my life. And then he fucks her, right? You didn't get to the... Oh, they'd already made love many times. They'd already fucked, but he... But oh, 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 hold on. Okay, so it's a Jekyll and Hyde. It's like a female Jekyll. And I Hyde. guess. Yeah, she just like, um, or it's just another uh, vampire. Maybe it's all vampires all the way down. That's who. He well, Hollywood is into. filthy it with vampires. Be. That's what uh, that's what Corey Feldman was trying to warn us about. <laughs> that's what Ascension Millennium is about. It's about the awakening of a millennium worth of vampires. Hollywood uh, vampire rings. Uh, at the end of this chapter, it says Deborah was last seen lobbying a producer to give her the role of Lorena in the John Wayne Bobbitt story. A literal punchline. Wow. Shit a literal, my mouth. Not a good one. Shit my pants between orgasms. Because she was into knives. You see, when a person likes knives, that becomes their identity. She was Mrs. <laughs> knife. I forgot to say her last name. Yes. Deborah Knife. <laughs> Here's a fun story about Adam West fucking. Finally. Yes. Adam and I have had our fights, but they never got physical. They were usually over petty things, like who had to wait for whom on the set, and who got a nicer carpet in his dressing room, which dressing room was closer to the set, and, much more seriously, why Adam refused to make a guest appearance or an autograph party with me unless he got 60% of our combined salaries. Since we were offered the same amount, that meant I had to pay him 20% of my fee. Holy extortion! So that's how Adam West fucks. <laughs> you included that in your book where you do nothing but look cool. Oh, shit. Just, it's so humiliating. Like, for no, like, that's like tens of dollars, right? Like, <laughs> you made, so you made him pay 20%. Like, I'm not going to show up with you. With you? No. Yeah. <laughs> you pay I'm me. Not, you give. You pay me twenty percent of your fee. We'll talk. <laughs> I'll no, tolerate you. They won't take just Robin. Yes, I know Robin, and that's why you have to give me twenty percent of your money. <laughs> yes, obviously. You know what they will take? The Batman just Batman. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer dropped her towel and sauntered outside. We stood by the rail and watched the relentless surf pound against the beach. I gave up trying to control my curiosity and asked if she would perform a bodybuilding routine. She asked me to put on some upbeat music. I did. Improvising perfectly to the music, Jennifer began a routine. Oh my god. Those muscles. That body. Those breasts. That pussy. A combination <laughs> to die for. Sorry. So I gotta throw up just a little bit. Finally. Finally he says it. Finally he says the word. It's clear it to me what's so going on now. I've been confused this whole episode. <laughs> she had hundreds of it. muscles. <laughs> He found the word. I sat on the end of my bed, watching the show of a lifetime. Spectacular. The music ended. I applauded. Jennifer was breathing heavily. I can imagine the energy it took to flex all those muscles one after another. I brought her a glass of ice water. As she drank, I noticed the moisture on her skin. It was warm to the touch. I asked if I could feel her muscles. A fantasy since the moment I first saw her. Where would you like to start? I'm doing a Jim Carrey's bodybuilder lady. <laughs> Your biceps. I, it took both my hands to encircle one of her upper arms. Rock hard! Oh, I sighed. Why wasn't I built like this? I felt everything, and it all felt wonderful. I told her so. We kissed. 
Unexpectedly, she climbed atop the deck rail, straddling it with her bare bottom and legs. The moon illuminated her tanned, nude body from behind, outlining that spectacular figure with a bluish-white glow. We talked about the exotic sexual pleasures of Asian cultures. (laughs) 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 All right. Hello, Stanley Ralph Ross. You can tell when it's the writer guy trying to get writery. Yeah. 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 She mentioned that many Asian women had a unique ability to perform controlled contractions of their vaginal muscles. They demonstrated their dexterity and excited their lovers by picking up and manipulating tiny objects and coins as small as a dime. Come on. How can anyone control her? Uh, you know, down there. You said the word. Say it again. Uh, He lost it again. He lost the word. Poor guy. You only get one pussy of the book. (laughs) I gulped. She spun around on the rail and unabashedly opened her legs. I was stunned. I looked directly at her nest, which was surrounded with dark brown hair. It was breathtaking. Do you have a dime? I was too shy for this, but I didn't want her to laugh at me for being bashful. Inwardly, I breathed a sigh of relief because my change was inconveniently downstairs in my pants. Uh, no. Well, I'll show you anyway. She began by manipulating her lower lips, expanding them open and squeezing them closed, moving them up and down and back and forth. She could probably have done a routine with them to music. They were like an extra hand and about the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. I was speechless. That's not, well, that's not yeah, how that works anatomically. It's not a predator face. Of course, it's not a predator face down there. Right? <laughs> it's, not, it's not a face hugger. It's not going to plant something in your belly. <laughs> the final line is, I wonder who she's delighting these days. Sigh. But I think what happened here is they wrote a, in their outline, they're like, you got to fuck a bodybuilder. You got to fuck one of those ladies that shoots the ping pong balls in like Thailand. Mm-hmm. And they're like, God, dude, we're running. We're running heavy. We can't. There's no Cesar Romero room. Like, tell you what, let's just combine the ladies. Combine the ping pong ball vaginal lady with the bodybuilder. Well, All right, now between the two of us, surely we know what a pussy is or does. (laughs) Uh, Or can muster the word. Uh, He also did that right with the he's got to fuck a French person, but he's also got to do the Mile High Club. I'm just realizing a lot of these are just checking boxes. Yep. Or nests. Going through his penthouse forum. We discussed uh, the oriental nests. pleasures. <laughs> Fuck. Her nest was like a a monkey's tail, <laughs> gripping things from around the room, including my heart. Let's do one more and then we'll put the rest in the bonus podcast because I feel like we're getting too erotic. This is this is maybe one that uh let's each of you just kind of think go down the checklist in your mind. What else do we need here? And uh, see if you can just guess it. Is he boning his teacher, his set teacher? That's a good one. That's not in the book. Real answer, three-way, right? He hasn't done three-way. Oh, true. Uh, That, but double it, and then almost double it again. (laughs) This chapter is called Eight is Enough. That's how good my math is. Nice. So (laughs) I split my dick uh, into eight individual portions and began assigning them. Why don't you come back to our place? I laugh. That's all I need, I reply. I don't want to get you girls in trouble with your sorority house. They all laugh hilariously. I feel stupid. Linda saves me further embarrassment. Boy, wonder, we don't live in a frat house. We have our own house. My curiosity about them increases. Maybe I've misjudged my company. What do you do? We're working girls, Linda answers. Oh, that's nice. Where do you work? They all laugh at me again. I'm getting a little irritated. Bert, we're prostitutes. Oh, I answer. Shocked. You certainly don't look like, uh, 
ladies of the evening. So he knows that phrase, but not working girls. God damn it. Writer. Guys here like I'm young and innocent. A pretty blonde replies. I can't believe it. I'm dumbfounded. This is the first time in my life that I've met a prostitute or even seen one up close. (laughs) And in this instance, there are eight of them here with me. I don't know what to do next. They do. Come back with us and party, one of the girls offers. Didn't you say something on Batman like, there are eight of them against the two of us? Odds are in our favor? You've got an incredible memory. It helps in our line of work, Linda says. They all laugh. Well, there are eight of you and only one of me. I guess the odds are in your favor. Okay, we see where you started the story and worked backwards. Yep. Right. <laughs> like, it's, and I'm guessing by the end they pay him, right? For the You honor. could have at least changed the number. We'll see. Linda puts her hand on mine. God, her touch feels good. I guess tonight we'll find out if you really are. The boy wonder. More laughter. I'm in a daze. They've made me an offer I can't refuse. We go back to their place. It's beautiful. A near palace. In one of the rooms, they have two king-size beds. They push them together. Is this really going to happen, I wonder? Eight pros and me? On the ceiling in the center of the room is a motorized disco light. The kind with little pieces of cut mirror that cast shadows as it turns. Along the walls are floor lamps with colored bulbs. Someone dims the overhead light, and the colored lights and the rotating ceiling light are turned on. I hear soft music. Am I in heaven? So these have they have like a disco setup, and he spent an entire paragraph describing that rather than like what these eight beautiful naked women right. might, might look like. Taken in the room. I think that's got to be Stanley Ralph Ross going in there and being like, yeah. well, I want to describe stuff. I've already yeah, used up sense. all my, I've used the pussy word. I used the nest word. I want to describe mm-hmm. the surroundings or at least something. He's just trying to flex his writing muscles, man. Yeah. I'm just saying I am very much not in this moment because the questions I have were True. not about the lamps. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I want a clumsy description by race and weight of all these. <laughs> so Burt Ward. <laughs> Burt Ward has been fucking his way through Hollywood for all of the 70s. I'm assuming 80s at this point. Yeah. Uh, And he's never even seen a prostitute. (laughs) Yeah. Never even occurred to him. Doesn't even know what to call them, except for some of the terms. Um, Most of the ladies were fours, but total, that's a 32. No, I'm just kidding. That's not in the book. That's a George Carlin joke. (laughs) Uh, Linda undresses. Apparently, she has first dibs on me. Her body is young and firm. She kisses me so gently that it drives me crazy. Soon the others appear. All of them are nude. From behind, I feel my shoulders being massaged. I love it. These nymphs approach sex as though it were an art form. My God, I think to myself. They're like Renaissance masters. Wait a minute. Uh, They are Renaissance masters. Vampires! (laughs) They're eating me. (laughs) I deflated like... Like COVID-19. The Holocaust. like a COVID. You can say it. (laughs) Yeah, I I literally stopped myself from saying the Holocaust. Like, come on. Come on. I'm kneeling near the center of the two beds. I notice blonde hair in front of me, and I feel my left nipple being sucked. Another girl is kissing my back. Another is licking my neck. No one has touched my privates. They seem to be orchestrating this affair like a symphony. Two more approach. They each take one of my hands and pull my arms outward. They spread my fingers apart, select one, and put it into their mouth. They suck on it gently. I lie down on my back. Linda preps me, gently bending back. My leading member, she takes first one, then both of my supporting players into her mouth. I feel so vulnerable. I'm in a dangerously delicate position, but the feeling is spectacularly pleasure-intensive and worth the risk. God forbid she should have a sudden attack of lockjaw. 
It's like you're in the middle of some oral sex and you suddenly think, oh my God, I'm going to get my penis and balls bitten off. <laughs> Oops, she doesn't bite down really hard right now. Why am I thinking that? Oh, well. <laughs> the sign of a real sex pro. Look at that disco uh, light. That's interesting. <laughs> I like that they I all make a note. They all move with one hive mind. Or like, yes. they carefully prepared this so they specialize in eight ways. Because mm-hmm. that's economical for prostitutes. They're like, Linda, I told you, we got to get the fingers in our mouths at the exact same time or the whole bed feels lopsided. Brittany, you just do the left nipple. You're the left nipple person. We've talked about this. Tanya, I'm sorry. Both nuts. <laughs> yeah, All yeah. you. <laughs> well, Cheryl's sick tonight, so you got you're on both nut duty. It's it's possible he might have mistaken a massage for a room full of prostitutes, though, because the next line is, two others cleanse my feet with a warm wet towel, then suck on my toes. I feel <laughs> like royalty. Meanwhile, three or four kiss my face, neck and chest. All I can see are masses of different colored streams of hair swirling in front of me. I'm ready. Linda removes me from her mouth and takes me to the next level. Suddenly, I feel an ice-cold towel wrapped around my testicles. My heart jumps. The two holding my hands place them between their legs. I caress their hair. You know you know how you do. That's how you do finger stuff. You just rub on that pubic mound. Uh, they insert my fingers and sit on them. So, uh, again, they're, these are women actively teaching Burt Ward how to fuck on his, like, <laughs> 9,000th sexual conquest. Their inner warmth is fierce. And that's just good writing. Uh, the two the two at my feet do the same. Linda mounts me and slowly rises up and down on me. I am a rock! Another positions herself above my face. I lean into her and lick her spot. <laughs> her spot. Again, again, no better way to put that. She comes uh, powerfully twice and flops <laughs> over like a halibut. I go to town on her mommy's own. <laughs> And I poop my pants like the Holocaust. I'll just so, say it. I'll just do it. So he's he's having an eight way. What happens is the girls like set him up like like a Lego board and just like plug themselves onto his fingers and toes. That's what he does. <laughs> yes. Well, while also swirling their hair together in front of him, just like shaking their yes. hair all around. So he can't see anything. It's just I'm just a fucking Duplo block. I can't. I don't know what's happening to me. He, he wakes up. He's just in nine different milking machines. Like, what, what have you done? <laughs> These ladies were milk monsters. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that this story is true and that it was based on like the time he fell into the eel tank at SeaWorld. <laughs> yeah, the yes, kernel of truth. Yeah. Uh, one girl, her name is Moray, emerged from a rock to hunt fish. <laughs> her jaw oh, unhinged. Yeah. That's an eel. That's an eel. All eight take turns having intercourse with me. That's because that's how you would put that. Uh-huh. I could never have made it without that ice cold towel. As the final moment approaches, Linda climbs on for the finish. I explode inside of her. It was a one shot deal and the experience of a lifetime. It's nearly daybreak and we all fall asleep. I wake before noon, enjoy a delightful breakfast in bed and passionately kiss every one of them goodbye before flying back to Los Angeles. On board, I am flying higher than the airplane. Several weeks go by as I think about Linda and her friends. I miss her. I pick up the telephone and Fly her to spend a week with me on tour. She broke her right ankle shortly after I left and is in a cast up to the middle of her calf. Even this impediment is no hindrance to this gorgeous nymph. She proves herself to be a one-woman army. We share a lot of memorable moments together, now and later. So. 
<laughs> what a beautiful story of the time Intense. he banged eight prostitutes and then like had a very long-term relationship with an accident-prone one of them. And that's how I lost my toe to foot chlamydia. He kissed them all in a row on his way out of the house like they're dwarves yeah. or some shit. I love that. <laughs> Imagine being the eighth woman waiting for seven women to get kissed. <laughs> Just keeping yourself ready like a gangbang. Getting those lips oh. moist. Keeping them moist. Fluffing your lips. So gross. Slip fluffer. That must have taken 10 minutes to passionately kiss eight women goodbye. Right. I mean, yeah. let's say two minutes. What is it, their fucking birthday? Come on. What am well, I one is about? accident prone. That's three minutes right there. Yeah. Getting the first one circles shit. back around. They trap him in a loop. He's been kissing him for three hours. This one's still on my left nipple. Will you get off of there? <laughs> it's, it's red and swollen. There's four more stories, but I think we're going to put them in the bonus podcast because we got to keep this moving or we'll be here all night. Uh, on the way out, let's uh, let's plug your book, Mike. Let's do it one more time. Sure. One more time for the people in the back. If you head to patreon.com slash small beans slash shop, you can check out my novel. It's called The Climb. Uh, Robert Brockway called it heartbreaking, weird, and very, very funny. And he can't deny it because I said it in front of him. Uh, I love that guy. You can check out a demo there. Just look for the word demo and click that and you can get the first 50 pages free if you're hooked. Buy it. Read it. Twist it. Make it. Suck it. Burt Ward. <laughs> Lean into it and lick its spot. And bop it. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. Unser Podcast Knaut. Und mit maximalen Schau. Doc Frankfurt Podcast. Correct. Yeah. Der Kraft ist nicht trapped, ist nicht ohne. Schick die in die Hundesau. Vier eine Stunde. It's Hot Dog Junction, America's last comedy, children's variety, trivia, pee-haw laughing for Christ. Now here's Robin Markey. Thanks, Yodel and Julius. I'm Rob, and my friend Marky here wants to tell you all about the supremest cat this side of Job 410. Take it away, Marky. Aaron Crofton, Adrian H, Aaron Roy, Alpha 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 Scientist Java? Yeah! Unandy! Arando Nova! It's Benjamin Cyranin! Brandon Garlar! Brian Sailor! Marito! Cyril! Chase! Clementine Danger? Yeah, that's Clementine Danger. Reglamoy! Clarus! Tandy! Darren the Rogue Supreme! David Shaw! Dean Costello! Griffin! Dusty's Red Turtle! Eric Rian! Everything! Francis Ark! Oh, I'm doing really good. Barrett, 
Jello Hope, Red Cunningham, Hammond, Haraka, Harvey Penguini. Hot fart. Honk. I know what it is on. Jaber L ate it. Yeah, okay. James Lloyd. Jeff Horowski. Jeff Salter. John Dean. John McCann. John Hinkoff. Joseph Charles. Josh Piss. Joshua Green. And Faisley. Thomas Kavatsos. Okay. Fuck this, I'm gonna go eat some kids. 